Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Slavery is back. Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force, yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the Indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison. It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view, the people who work in the prison system would have another, and I think it's up to people to decide uh, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doing Time Show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is Marissa and I'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. Today's broadcast is a special tribute to Uncle Jack Charles, First Nations elder and much-loved actor who passed away last Tuesday in a Melbourne hospital. A member of the Stolen Generation, Uncle was four months old when he was forcibly removed from his mother as part of the now infamous policies aimed at assimilating Aboriginal children into white families. Beloved actor, trailblazer, Indigenous theatre, pioneer, activist and Aboriginal elder and musician, we will celebrate his work and legacy today. And a warning that this show contains audio images of Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander peoples that have died. I will bring you two interviews with Uncle Jack and I'm just going to give you a little bit of background. The 2015 Victorian Senior of the Year was was the focus of an episode of Who Do You Think You Are on SBS, which looked quite a lot at the fact that his father was identified and this will be explored and listeners are warned that you will hear the voice of an elder who has died and the family has given permission for um, his image and and voice to to be heard. So, yeah, pretty soon we're going to be um, looking at two interviews and both of them will really concentrate on a lot of the things that Uncle will talk about, um, his, his prison experiences, how that has shaped um, his, his acting and all the, all the wonderful things that he's done, his advocacy work. And in particular, it will talk about how um, Uncle Jack was able to find his family. And then later on, towards the end of the show, we will um, interview Narita from the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service who will say just a few words um, about Uncle Jack. There's a lot of media about him um, and a lot of interviews, and I wanted to really take the opportunity today to really do some interviews 
that um, I have done on the Do and Time show with Uncle Jack. And the rest, um, I think we should just um, listen to him talk. And it's his show, really. So we'll be doing the first interview shortly. You're listening to 855 AM. Hello, Uncle Jack. Welcome to the program. Uh, thanks very much, Marissa. Good to be on 3CR and uh, to be heard uh, around uh, uh, around the traps and uh, especially in prisons. Absolutely, Uncle. And, you know, I'm so glad you've come on because my Braille computer has just chosen this time to reset, so I lost my script. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. so you've saved the day. So just listeners, I'll, I'll complete that intro after we've spoken to Uncle Jack. So tell us, Uncle, what's been going on? Tell us about the episode of, of um, oh, Who Do You Think You Are? Who Do You Think You Are? You know, many of us are just... The soul and gents never get to discover the full extent of that lost, hidden, denied heritage of ours. And now, through the good grace of uh, SBS and uh, that Bob, who do you think you are? I have a high enough profile to be plucked uh, for them to uh, research through my DNA on uh, on uh, my family connections, my family kinship ties, and etc. Uh, and especially my heritage, my connection to the uh, uh, the mob in Tasmania through the Briggses and etc., going back uh, five generations to my great 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 grandfather Manalagena, uh, a big uh, warrior down there, leader. Uh, and uh, I was a little bit upset on the uh, the leg of the Tasmanian leg of the journey. But very pleased with what I discovered here in Victoria. They found out who my real father was. He was a Hilton Hamilton Walsh from Cumra. So I'm proud to be able to say now, and many a Briggs person, Tony Briggs and etc., and many people in the community were say, always telling me I was Yorta Yorta on my side. Uh, so I am Yorta Yorta on my father's side. I know who he is. And uh, and lo and behold, I met, uh, as you saw, I see in the doco, who works at the Victorian Aboriginal Health Service over in Epping. That unit there, and uh, he's my brother. And I have another brother living in uh, Ballarat and two sisters alive living up in Swan Hill. So I'll make a pilgrimage to those places and uh, eventually get to meet them. But it, it is, uh, I feel a large sense of, uh, of completeness, uh, completeness, completedness in my... Uh, uh, of who I am, uh, having been given unto me from who do you think you are by heritage. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I stand a, a little bit taller than my, my present uh, height at the moment. I'm only, uh, you know, a little bit uh, two centimetres short of five foot, but uh, I stand taller and prouder than ever now, knowing who I am and who, who, who I am. Uh, you know, Uncle Jack, I noticed such a wonderful power in you yeah. that that night of the episode. It was you, you. You were just powerful. Do you do you know what I mean by that? By the word powerful? Yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. People are saying, "Yes, yes, 
you know, we can't understand why you're, you're not angry. Well, I am. I do have a profound sense of piss-offness uh, about Tasmania, what uh, George Augustus Robinson, the bloke who wrote extensively about the, the history of the Tasmanian blacks and the way he treated uh, Mano Legena, a five-times great-great-grandfather and that, you know. Uh, he was uh, my grandfather, Manon Legena's Judas's carriot, I got to realise. So, and it's forced me to really, uh, you know, take the, the bull by the horns and uh, uh, seek an audience with uh, the Tasmanian Premier and the Education Minister, also uh, the Victorian Premier, Daniel Andrews, uh, while, we're, while we're running hot with him, and, uh, and the, uh, the State Minister for Education to uh, start... Uh, taking Indigenous history seriously and to bleed it into our schools' curriculums. We need truth in history onto our state schools' curriculums. And I've always known that uh, each state has got a unique story to tell and it should be told. Absolutely, Uncle Jack. And one of the things that that I found really um, inspiring on, on, on the episode as well was the way that you you went to all the the different the different countries, didn't you? Yes, yeah, yes. yes so yes, you yes. went to the different lands yes, of yes, of yes. your heritage. Yes, yes. Tasmania, how's that? I eh? get up the camera, speaking with Uncle Colin Walker, seeing my my father's uh, burial site, uh, seeing Grady Walsh, uh, my my brother. Uh, he had a, a suitcase of dads. And uh, on the time uh, that we were, we were talking on the uh, down there at the uh, uh, Fairfield uh, Amphitheatre Tea Rooms, and that he had a suitcase of, he said, "I've got a suitcase of our dad's here, Jack. I'll open it up." And lo and behold, there were these beautifully carved emu eggs in there. Some are finished, some half finished. And uh, he said, "Jack, Jack, Dad did there. Here's a knife similar to the one he used." And etc. And listen, I, I, I'll open my computer, Jack. I've got him here, uh, our dad. Yeah. There it was, talking, and he speaks ever so well. Uh, uh, he reminded me of Jimmy Little, the way he, he spoke. And then he sang too, and he re- definitely reminded me of Jimmy Little and my early days of trying to make it into music, you know, uh, before I got into theatre. And so, uh, and he was well dressed in a white piece suit standing in front of a riverboat on the Murray there yep. uh, on Cumbragunga. And uh, I said, well, geez, that, that's incredible. You know, he, you know, he, he, uh, I, I get my sense of, uh, of, uh, of, of good wear, uh, good mocker, good wearing good clothes uh, from my father. You know, I do remember many a, uh, uh, many a policeman down at Paran Police Station was saying I was one of their best dressed cat burglars they've ever encountered. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I'm just so happy for you, Uncle, that you were able to find your family. And I sp- oh, uh, there's but- nothing like it. There's so many, so many people in our, in our prisons and new detention centres that That's right. have very little inkling of the full extent of their heritage, and et cetera. So, uh, and I believe that's a missing element that could be uh, reviewed and uh, for them to uh, uh, seek solace and start uh, begin to uh, take a closer look at themselves, uh, who they are, where they come from. I Absolutely. Think it's a blessing to know exactly 
uh, the big story of uh, yeah. you are. Yeah. And listeners also need to know, and I'm not sure if we've got enough time to talk about this in detail, but that Uncle Jack appeared as a central character in the documentary Bastardry, and I remember um, seeing that. And then writing a book, and you've penned music, and you've done TED talks and advocacy, <laughs> and it's it's just words can't describe, Uncle, the, oh, yeah, well, the, the respect well, I've got for you. Yeah, zooming in during the COVID period into the youth detention centres, uh, but also our uh, adult prisons has been a blessing too. We we did have a win with Daniel Andrews government. Uh, Something uh, years, years ago, I gave evidence at a series of inquiries with the Wurundjeri mob in the city, going into Parliament, giving evidence as to the reason why we, we believe that certain criminal records could be expunged within the space of three, five and ten years, and for some individuals, even three months. We know that there are some crimes that can't be forgiven, but nonetheless, it was read in the lower house before I got into rehearsals. Uh, for a production that I was due to do, I was contracted to do with Elbitry Theatre, a theatre from Auckland, Mari Theatre. And uh, uh, just when I was uh, starting to rehearse, I got a message from the Wodunga mob uh, telling me, if it's possible, Jack, can you come back in and expand on it? The opposition were crying a little bit iffy and were wondering if Uncle Jack was being a little soft on crime. And I said, no, no, we're not going soft on crime. The Archie Race Foundation, of whom I work with, you know, uh, and a special raving ambassador and a public spokesperson for, we, we work on the notion that we need incentives. And this is one of the prime elements of, of an incentive to uh, get people to seriously think about their future. You too can have your criminal record expunged if only you took yourself seriously and uh, and that you, uh, you, 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 pro- you, you prove it, you, you can prove it. To, to a court of law, have and eventually your criminal record expunged. Is it time? Well, that's for right. People, is it time for people in the net to start seriously thinking about who they are uh, and uh, and what do they want to do with their lives? Do they want to be dedicated recidivist? And the system, I've been, I was saying, you know, relies on the, uh, people being dedicated recidivist. Uh, they're building more jails because people are going, you know, coming in and out of prisons and et cetera. So uh, uh, it, it's the job of an elder in my unique situation to talk to consciences of others and that, you know, I'm not such a tall poppy. Absolutely. Uh, no, you're right. Uh, I'm only uh, two centimetres short of five foot, as I said. Uh, so, mm. so, but the point of fact is I have got something to say. I have got, uh, you know... Uh, the ability to uh, uh, to communicate to, to people how to get off the methadone. You can take exactly. control of it yourself and that, but you have to be seriously serious about it. And, uh, yeah, you know, there, there's got to be a point at some time or another where you don't want to, you know, you, you don't want to regress. You, wanna, you don't want to keep on repeating uh, the, 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 the muck-ups that you've been existing and going back into prisons and etc. So, Uncle, the, you know, yeah. So that's my job. And, yeah. Uh, it seems to have been working because there's nothing I like better than when somebody will come up to me and tripping over themselves to tell me that they're off the methadone. That's right. 
Yep. So that's proof positive that uh, uh, what I'm what I'm advocating is that uh, you know if, if at any point in time that you feel that you can take charge of uh, controlling your intake and your dosage yourself, you know, have a talk with your doctor and the chemist and determine that you'll come in every second day and wean yourself off slowly. Uh, that's a message uh, for people that are listening in prisons, our prison systems. But, of course, uh, that's the way I did it. After I came out in 2005, it took me two years to jump off mere 75 mil. Two yeah, years see? to finish off the doppel at the same time. And by 2008, I was, I was shot of uh, the, even the government-sponsored drug. That's right. Uh, and I came good, and uh, I, I, I touted myself as a walking, talking, you know, uh, uh, beyond reproach role model. That's exactly right, Uncle Jack. We're going to have to. I'm going to have to move on to the next interview really soon. But um, right. just really quickly, though, and I know we're probably not going to have time to talk about it, and it really is the most horrible topic anyway. But yeah. it, this particular thing needs to be placed into school curriculums in regards to what happened in Tasmania with the way that the women were kidnapped and all the seals were killed. I mean, it's awful. Yes, uh, the women actually uh, suffered uh, the most horrific death. Uh, the men were just merely killed. The women were actually tortured, tied to trees and etc. and tortured uh, yep. before they were, they, they were eventually killed. And so this uh, history needs to be taught, and I think Year 10, 12 students in Tasmania... Are, uh, are up for uh, learning truth in history. Absolutely. We can't whitewash the history, and we know that uh, certain states are, 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 have been, uh, you know, putting forth uh, the a notion that uh, uh, their state's uh, indigenous history should be told in our schools' curriculum. But I fear it'll be a whitewash. We we must have yeah. truth in history if we're ever going to uh, uh, to have a uh, if we're ever going to be uh, truly reconciled. Very much so. Uncle Jack, thanks so much for coming onto the program and I'd like no, to have you back very soon. Marisha. Okay. <laughs> thanks so much. See you later then. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. And you just heard an interview with Uncle Jack Charles and this is a special tribute show celebrating his life. And... This show, this interview was conducted on the 12th of July 2021 in the studios of 3CR at the Doing Time show. And pretty soon we're going to bring you another interview, um, continuing the tribute, and that was, that was conducted on the 9th of August 2021. But before we bring you that interview, we're going to be playing a couple of announcements. The single most important film on the Aboriginal political struggle in the last 50 years, Ningla Anna is the inside story of the Aboriginal Tent Embassy, a gripping first-hand account of an iconic protest action and the young radicals who took control and demanded justice. Rediscover this iconic documentary and a momentous period for First Nations activism in this brand new restoration. Screening Cinema Nova, Carlton, from Friday the 30th of September to Sunday the 2nd of October. A 3CR supporter. No crime, no time. Fix Victoria's bail loss now. 
Prisons are bursting at the seams with poor people. Istra Melbourne is calling on the Victorian government to release unsentenced people on remand from Victorian prisons. First Nations people are 3% of the population, yet represent 29% of the general prison population. 89% of First Nations women entering prison are unsentenced. Istra Melbourne is asking you to sign the No Crime, No Time petition, which can be found on Istra Melbourne's Facebook page. Indigenous Social Justice Association Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. Abolish the monarchy rally. Thursday, 22nd of September at 1.30pm. Assembling at Birarung Ma, opposite the Art Centre, and then marching through the city. Abolish the monarchy, return stolen land, stop Aboriginal deaths in custody. Black mother at her doorstep, impale a brother on a tall fence, another brother shakes, fully got no life left. Organised by the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance and Community, a 3CR supporter. And you're back with the Doing Time show, and I'm just going to give a very brief introduction for the second interview, and um, Uncle Jack will be continuing the discussion in regards to... Um, the episode of Who Do You Think You Are? and talking about his experiences in regards to acting and giving advice um, for people in prison. And here we go. Uncle Jack. Yeah, hello, Uncle. How are you going? Hello, Marissa. Very good to be here. Uh, Tracy, are with you and Bob. Uh, interesting to hear what Tristan had to say. It and, is. Uh, what did you think of that, Uncle? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good because uh, um, experiences led me to always believe that um, we should make a stronger effort uh, to uh, bleed uh, each state's unique history onto our state schools' curriculums or curriculum. Oh. And that, you know, it's, it's about time. We're ready for it. Year 10, 12 students are ready to hear the harsher stories, the truth in history. Uh, and uh, and uh, what I've just been through with uh, doing that series, um, Who Do You Think You Are, has led me firmly to believe that uh, I should uh, be a little bit more assertive once the COVID virus has or the all clear siren sounds. I will seek a, an audience with Dan Andrews and the Education Minister here in Victoria. And most likely now that I know I'm connected uh, through five generations back to Tasmania, to the Briggses, uh, my maternal aunts and, uh, 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 and et cetera. So I'll, uh, I, I will also reach uh, the Premier of... Uh, uh, seek an audience with them too, uh, the Premier of Tasmania and also their Education Minister, to believe that uh, certain, um, in, you know, uh, certain stories need to be told and especially the story of Tasmania, the truth in history needs to be told. And uh, we're never going to get anywhere as a people, as Australian people, black and white. We're never going to come together unless we bleed truth in history onto our state schools curriculum. We can't whitewash it, history. And that needs to be uh, uh, told uh, uh, through, uh, through our schools and uh, colleges. And, um, That's exactly and right. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, I, uh, I I'm um, uh, a little bit uh, iffy about um, 
uh, ScoMo's um, closing the Gap Initiative and all that money and etc. Um, I believe those uh, uh, people up the top end, those, those kids, uh, you know, are uh, very much deserving of a financial support, etc. And uh, I hope it does reach them. I noticed that their own government um, some time ago um, have um, um, Dan Andrews openly admitted that the uh, stolen generation in and of itself was a form of genocide, so he would have a, uh, a redress scheme and etc. But uh, the likes of myself as a stolen person, Kutcher Redwoods and others that I've known, I'm never going to be able to see any, any, you know, not a red cent of that money. It's going to the organisations that don't uh, really favour us. They haven't breached us. And um, uh, I don't know, maybe I should be assertive and reach out to them and say, uh, listen, I want a chop out. I want a, I want a computer for my little office at the Collingwood Yards there. Uh, so I can start writing some certain monologues and etc. Yeah. Uh, so I, I believe that um, you know that, that uh, the money that does come forth needs to be uh, you know directed towards uh, you know the the, the the survivors of the stolen generations and their progeny, but especially those of us that are living, that are seeking to be uh, to gain a. Uh, you know, um, an understanding with the mob who's gotten the money from the government, the state government, to do to um, um, house or whatever they're going to do with the members of the stolen generations. I've never seen any uh, any success so far with uh, with the mob that they've given the money to. I, I won't mention names or anything of the organisations or the people involved, etc. It's just that um, it's wishy-washy, and um, now that we have a, you know, a, a treaty of sorts with the Dan Andrews government, and um, we have a, a, a process where uh, members of the stolen are invited to go into Parliament to give evidence about their traumatisations and etc. Their experiences. I've only just been recently re-traumatised with that. Uh, that show, Who Do You Think You Are? Yeah. Discovering what happened to Manon McGenna and uh, my five times great-grandfather and my four times great-grandmother, Laurie Tamortiena, and that uh, who was latched on to by uh, John Briggs. So that's where the Briggs name comes from, through Tasmania, etc. So uh, I have been re-traumatised. I've had sleepless nights. I'm lucky that I have theatre, that I have Zoom, and I'm, uh, I'm often asked and called upon even the, during the lockdown to do something via Zoom or to get picked up by a black hire car and delivered to some studio to, to record some narrative for some purpose and etc. So I'm keeping busy that way. and that. So, um, uh, look, I, I noticed that even Nakia Louie, who wrote six episodes for Black Comedy, which I did throughout the month of May, just after I shot the two-week film shoot with SBS. Who do you think you are? I was called upon to go to Sydney to do a, uh, a six episodes of black comedy, special black comedy uh, episodes. Uh, one story, and it's called Predators, and um, it's a 
send-up of that American Doomsday Preppers show. I run an Aboriginal Doomsday Preppers camp <laughs> in, in the bush. But anyway, Nikia Louie had also written something that's very important. One little episode, I wanted the guys, uh, my men, the Preppers, to build me a trench so that I could air-condition the bunker. And as they were digging this trench, they dug up a skeleton and there was a bullet hole in the skull of this skeleton. And um, so the script was, you know, uh, said that, uh, uh, that uh, Monty, that's me, uh, does some research and I come back and tell the assembled uh, preppers uh, what, uh, what I've discovered about these, these bones and this, uh, uh, this, uh, this head with a bullet hole in it. And uh, he said this was a uh, 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 one of the most cruelest men uh, around this area where the preppers' camp was. He shot, killed, murdered, hung uh, uh, many a uh, many a black fellow, black woman, etc. And uh, even uh, you know, buried babies to to, to, uh, to, to for support and etc. Sorry, who did this? Uh, Nakia Louie. Okay, yep. So she wrote a bit of history into this, you know, and I was able to wax lyrical as the uh, the head on show of, uh, of Doomsday Preppers uh, Eden 2 up there in, um, in the Warringa Forest and that. And it was just a hoot to to realise that Nakia is right on the ball there. She'll be delivering uh, in a piece of uh, uh, history in New South Wales on the north side, and et cetera. So, um, wow. Uh, yes, yeah, so you know, I'm firmly convinced that, um, you know, we are, as I said earlier, we're never going to get anywhere until we bleed truth in history onto our state So, Uncle, all of these things that you've said are really relevant, and, I mean, you're a living example of all this. You're stolen generation, you've you've been to prison, and you've you've rebuilt your life. You've, you're an actor... You know, you've you've done films, and I'm just really, really glad that you're a writer. So, tell us more about ScoMo's report. I mean, what what do you think? Because he he mentioned a lot about you know prevention of suicide. You know, yeah, um, the so targets of youth prison prisoners yeah, develop programs uh, being out of prison, uh, uh, people are out of jail, young adults, especially young though. But he's not doing anything. There's, there's no what it's, programs it's have been yet. put in there. It's not happening. We do rely on the odd, odd organisations that do have some, uh, uh, you know, yeah. some uh, inroads in this. But yeah. it's all too yeah. short and all too small, and uh, and it doesn't reach uh, the, the levels that it, it, you know, the level of of, uh, of the big mobs of people that are. Uh, Entering into the, it's a hundred percent Aboriginal in the detention centres. Apparently, there are no white kids committing committing crimes in Northern Territory. <laughs> I find that strange, and that you know. Uh, but you know, I, I, the paranoia allows me to believe that uh, you know they need uh, these kids to be uh, even in our own uh, uh, centres down here, and that you know they need these kids to. Uh, Learn to become uh, dedicated recidivist prisoners. Uh, the system can't uh, exist unless uh, our people became dedicated recidivists, kept on returning. And that, and, um, 
So, uh, so it's up to you know uh, myself and uh, Archie Roach, the Archie Roach Foundation, and others around the uh, the state of Victoria to do something positive for uh, uh, our, our two youth detention centres down here. Um, what would you say to Daniel Andrews if, if you got an audience with him, Uncle? Uh, I would ask him um, uh, where, 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 where does he think he is in regards to uh, um, um, uh, uh, changing the, the record, uh, uh, releasing uh, you know those that are under uh, uh, fourteen out of uh, uh, you know we got kids in there ten years old and up, you know. It's just not right that then you should be jailed, etc. And so I believe you know, uh, that uh, that elders need to go to to the uh, the, uh, the high uh, you know people in Parliament and uh, especially the top people like Dan Andrews and. Um, and uh, ask them, or give them uh, some hint, or give them some what we'd like to happen. That we'd like, um, you know, that that uh, more people should be uh, uh, allowed to uh, uh, should be, uh, you know, uh, locked up, or uh, especially the women. They, you know, a lot of women going in there for unpaid crimes. This is ridiculous, yeah. etc. But there's still still too many young ones. In our youth detention centres, I've been zooming in occasionally. Uh, lucky we have, uh, you know, Indigenous teachers uh, in our uh, in Malmesbury and etc. And I've, uh, I've zoomed into them and etc. But it, it's you know I'm, I'm not confident about the level of uh, of, uh, of support that is uh, uh, for those people that are in our in our youth detention centres right at this time. And that um, I'm very disappointed with the way things have panned out. Um, so um, uh, when the time comes and I can get in there and uh, have his audience with him, uh, something might happen. And that, you know, I mean, we've already had a win. Absolutely. We've already had a win uh, with Dan Andrews' government in regards to the. He's got a spent conviction scheme. We're the only state that has a spent conviction scheme underway now. I remember going into Parliament two years ago, giving evidence with a Wurundjeri people, a couple of elders from Mid Victoria and around, who gave evidence as to the reason why we believed that certain criminal records could be expunged within the space of three, five, and ten years. And for some, even individuals three months. We knew that Daniel Andrews was up for this because Uncle Larry Walsh with uh, Ron Merkel QC had earlier uh, convinced Daniel Andrews to uh, uh, to squash, to uh, expunge our baby criminal records, our childhood criminal records, because as members of the Stolen Generations, we developed a criminal record from the moment we were stolen. Yes. My, my first criminal record was at four months. Choco Edwards, Howard Edwards' criminal record, I'd seen his, his record. And, that, and uh, he said uh, it reads that uh, Howard Edwards 
uh, child of seven months, offence, uh, child in need of care and attention. That was the offence. So Daniel Andrews expunged those without uh, without uh, going through uh, a parliament or anything. He just outright thought it was wrong. All of them? Uh, yes, yeah, all of them. Just in Victoria? Yeah, just in Victoria. We're the only state that's moving on this, you know. So we knew that Daniel Andrews was up for this. So uh, I was there for the reading in the lower house after I gave evidence, and then I had to go away and do a show, that Black Ties production, uh, collaborating with the Albuquerque Theatre and, uh, and a, and a theatre from Maori Theatre from Auckland. And when I got back uh, two years ago in March, uh, just before the national lockdown, the borders closed, um, uh, Fitzroy Free Legal Service dropped. Megan Fitzgerald rang and said, Uncle, you've had a win. Congratulations. And I said, what? Well, Daniel Andrews put his own bill into the upper chamber and uh, he's legislated his own spent conviction schemes. So we have a spent conviction scheme here in Victoria. So immediately I zoomed into um, into um, 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 Barwon told the fellows down there that there, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Fellows, you could have your criminal record entirely expunged after a certain period of time. depends on your crime. And uh, you can, uh, uh, you know, you can live a, a normal life like anybody else. Yeah, Absolutely. It would to have Absolutely. a criminal record the rest of your life, you know. Uh, so, and you'll be able to find work and you'll be able to say that, uh, well, it wouldn't be a beautiful lie if you say you haven't got a criminal record once it's yes. been expunged. You don't have to admit to it. So um, I can't Uncle... really do it myself because I've been living off my criminal record all these years. <laughs> I'm just really happy. <laughs> I'm just really happy that, you know, that, that that's actually a win. Sorry about that. I actually had to, as I was talking to you, I actually actually put a mask on because oh. someone was actually dropping something up at the, off at the door, this this damn coronavirus thing. It's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't yeah. even talk to people anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Except on the yeah. phone. Yeah. Oh. yeah no. I, I, anyway. I come back from the health service and uh, they gave me my stack deck saying that I've had uh, uh, all my flu shots. and, uh, and uh, That's uh, all right. Now, Uncle, sorry to interrupt you there because we're nearly finished now with our, with the show. Right. I just wanted to also say, aren't you really concerned about, you know, all the people that are homeless and not having anywhere to stay, especially during the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're always, uh, always. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I'm worried about those. I think about them. I think about people coming out of jail. Uh, oh, awful. Time where they don't have to give a uh, an address, and that yeah, so yeah. on parole they have to give an address. So there's many people that are leaving our institutions and coming back into homelessness. Absolutely. And um, and, and um, so we need, uh, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in developing um, spending money on community hubs again. And these community mm-hmm. hubs need to be 24/7 measures. We need beds, we need showers, we need uh, large washing machines, and we also need uh, cottages. We need a large building, etc. And I've been trying to convince Yarra Council to uh, to take me serious about this and give me a building. Whereupon, once I get a building, I believe that uh, I could get a lot of support. 
locally. Absolutely. Uh, and, and from people who would uh, go back of their time to set up, you know, a cottage industries in the building and et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, we go and see white goods to get the, the proper uh, large washing machines that we'd, we'd need to have and et cetera. This is the way you go about it. You ask the business people... Grassroots stuff. Grassroots, you know, not all these empty promises and apologies. And And then the money not reaching the people. Yeah, and the jacks, uh, even the police would believe that this would be a great initiative. I believe, uh, you know, I I strongly believe that uh, they would rather be dropping off uh, their clients, as it were, to the centre... Uh, you know, the Centre for Indigenous Excellence in Collingwood, Fitzroy, you might say, 24-7 measure, there'd be a nurse on station, there'd be security of our own. That's right. Uh, Uncle, just one last thing, sorry, because we've got to finish soon, but if you've been re-traumatised, I hope you're keeping busy. I am keeping busy. You know that you're able to talk to people about things. Oh, yes, yeah, I have have spoken to people and uh, they're always ringing, but ringing me up and checking out, out, out how I am and etc. Um, well, you come onto this show. That's a, that's a way of, of addressing yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, well, that's a way of addressing it. But yes, uh, Emma, the last person that gave me the information about Manaligena and uh, Warrior Tumultiena, uh, my great full-time's uh, great-grandmother, my five-time's great-grandfather uh, down there in Tasmania, uh, she uh, knew that uh, this uh, had impacted, so she rigged occasionally, Emma. She works in Swinburne here in Glen Ferry, yeah. so um, uh, I, I, I'll be able to talk to her mm. uh, once uh, yeah, the schools are over or the Swinburne College is open up there. and that I'll, I'll ride my auxiliary-powered bike up there and check in with her. Great. Uh, she's a wonderful Uncle- lady. Sorry, I've got to finish now because pretty soon the next show is going to come in. But thank you okay. so much for your, oh, I don't know, just your wisdom and everything. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I hope all you, Bob, out there seriously consider the fact that uh, there is a um, redress scheme happening in Victoria. You need to really consider where you are with your life. And that, you know, is a time for you to be serious about... Um, uh, leaving this last jail sentence, call it the last jail sentence, and uh, look forward. But you do need support, you know, and that's why I say we need community hubs, community buildings like the original Indiana workshop, Indiana workshop that Jan Chesler ran during the seventies and etc. So that's right. That's a long. That's a long way off. But I believe that this is one of the initiatives that I'll be talking to Daniel Andrews about. Good. Yeah. For people that are leaving prison, and that's got to be the last jail sentence. Yes, 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 yes. Is it possible? Because the last one, 2005, for me, was my last one. I had considered it before leaving that prison, before leaving the lot in Port Phillip Prison, to come back out to freedom. You know, I had already undertaken the Murray program and the penny dropped. That's right. And look where you are now. Look where you are now with everything. Keep up all all your writing and your music and your acting, Uncle. Yep, no problems. Okay, Marissa, thanks very much for hearing us out. Take care and come back again. Yes, yes, and hello to the aunties out there too. (laughs) Hello to all the aunties. Strong mob, that mob, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Uncle, thanks so much. All right, you too. Take care. Bye-bye.
And that was an interview conducted on the 9th of August 2021. And we will be continuing with the show of um, Uncle Jack, the, the tribute, and we're going to be having a song and then on to Narita. Living. 
is an independent, volunteer-run bookshop, gallery, music and community space in Northcote, Nam, dedicated to creativity, learning and liberation. Black Spark is a space for the entire community, free of charge, hosting art, music and literary events. To keep Black Spark free, open and accessible to everybody, we need your help. We are calling for your support for our rent fundraiser to keep our doors open into the coming years. With your support, we can continue to host book and exhibition launches, art auctions, fundraisers, music gigs, and facilitate opportunities and growth for emerging artists and grassroots communities. For more information, visit Keep Black Spark Alive on chuffed.com or check out Black Spark on all the socials. Keep Black Spark Alive! A 3CR supporter. Three CR is about community, and we welcome your participation at the station. Three CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers, and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills, or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at Three CR. To find out more, go to threecr.org.au and get in touch. Hi, we're the Marindas, and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM. PX Fano is a Pacifica LGBTIQ podcast providing a platform for Pacifica communities to unpack and discuss the narratives and the effects of the COVID 19 pandemic. Presented by Pacific X, a collective that celebrates Pacific Island LGBTIQA plus communities and meaningful connections that honours cultural and gender identities. You can catch the podcast series on your favourite podcast platform. Supported by 3CR and funded by the Victorian Government Multicultural Communications Outreach Programme. For more information and to hear our podcast episodes, go to 3cr.org.au forward slash PXFANA, spelt P-X-W-H-A-N-A-U. And you're back with the Doing Time show. We were actually going to be interviewing Narita just for five minutes or so from the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service. Um, but she is unavailable. Narita's a proud Yorta Yorta woman and she is a CEO 
of the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service, and we've interviewed her quite a few times on this show, and she was just going to say a few words about Uncle Jack, but um, she, she's not available, so we'll speak to her next time. Um, it's approximately 4.51, and you just heard two interviews in regards to the very special tribute for Uncle Jack, who has passed away. And, yeah, this show really has had a little bit of a different format to a lot of other media that I've that I've seen and heard. And there's been some beautiful... Um, there have been some beautiful tribute shows on the ABC, Radio National, ABC TV, um, and, and quite a few other media sources as well, doing some, some fantastic interviews. But I thought, as I said at the beginning, that I would... Um, you know, really have a look at Uncle's work and 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 do that through some interviews that um, I've conducted on on the show. But just a few concluding comments as well before we finish. It's approximately four fifty two, and this is the Doing Time Show, three um, CR Community Radio. So yeah, I, I actually came across a beautiful article. Um, and it's in the Archer magazine, and I think this was some years ago now, and it really resonated with me, and I, I won't have time to read out the whole article, but it talks a lot about, you know, some of the key points of um, Uncle's work, and um, it's by Elizabeth Flux, and she did a really good interview with Uncle, and this article really talks a lot about um, a 2015, 2015 episode of Q&A, where Uncle Jack took the opportunity to point out to Australian viewers the ways in which the country is uniquely and peculiarly racist towards its First Nations peoples. And the article says, and it's true, that it's something that he has experienced and seen a lot firsthand. And his words resonated strongly. And I remember that Q&A episode, actually. Um, and, you know, the article also points out um, that Uncle's a very compelling storyteller, um, of his own life and talks about that in 2008 um, the candid and flitching documentary Bastardry was released and I saw that film as well and it was it was really powerful detailing um, Uncle Jack's many impressive accomplishments his glittering at the time stop-start acting career his struggles with identity and his history of drug addiction and repeated incarceration and he's gotten himself off heroin and then off methadone and he was talking a little bit about that in um, in the last interview that that I showed on the put on the show, and then it you know he went on to perform his one man show Jack Charles versus the Crown, and that showed all over the world. Um, in 2016, he was named Victorian Senior Australian of the Year, and I think that as a stolen a member of the stolen generation, you know Uncle Jack was very open. Like he talked a lot about his early time. Um, at, at the at, in state care in the in the various homes that he was in, and he actually also gave evidence. He was one of the many elders that that gave evidence um, about this, and, and a number of reports were were written. Um, he talked in particular about the 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 Box Hill Boys Home, and um, and he says, and I quote this from the article in the Archer magazine, that in the delivery I had to tell them what had happened to me because my bed was the first sometimes that the officer would come to of an evening and the upshot was that I was given 
I was given $100,000 for that and I shared it with many people along this street here in Collingwood and down the flats and I gave a lot to my nephew and my niece. So he was he was extremely um, generous um, and, and committed. So, you know, I, I really wanted to take this opportunity on the Do and Time show to give a few concluding comments um, about Uncle Jack and some of the horrific sexual abuse and physical abuse. And despite that, you know, he still he still triumphed. And please try and, and read his book too, Jack Charles, A Born Again Blackfella. And I believe it's also Reading's Bookshop as well. It's on audio as well, um, as in print. And lastly, I have to say that I'm I'm incredibly I'm incredibly privileged to to have met Uncle, and I also feel really really sad about his death. And I feel that um, today was really a celebration of of his life. It's approximately 4:56, and we're nearing the end of our show. Um, I want to say goodbye for now and stay tuned every Monday from 4 to 5 for the Do and Time Show. And remembering that First Nations people do die um, a lot younger, although Uncle was 79 years of age and he had a very long, a very long life. And thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this, this show. And see you next week. Um, stay strong and take care of each other. Bye. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.